Welcome back to another episode of the Plain Art Podcast. We are once again sitting around the red kitchen table with our wonderful tea and ready to talk about uh, play and art. And um, I had a very good question posed uh, to us, so I thought I would put it out there. Um, if I were to include the play philosophy in my teaching, uh, what are the, some of the things that um, I would do to promote uh, play? Before we start, I had a phone call just before the uh, uh, we sat down to our, our red scenery here um, from my granddaughter, and uh, I asked her, well, how do you like your teachers this year? And uh, she said, I love my new school and I love my new teachers. I can actually sit down and talk to them. Each one is interested in what I'm saying. I think, you know, in general, this is so much part of this, of how do you switch, that you, you sit down, you listen, you become one of those teachers who um, uh, can be talked to, and the kids know that. So yeah, listening is, is so crucial, I think. Yeah. And I was telling you the other day, I was listen, listening to this podcast about listening, um, and one of the things she was talking about, kids listening, and... Um, one of the things I found so interesting is they said, well, what's the first thing you can do? Um, because teachers are always um, saying to their kids, listen to me, listen to me. You're not listening to me. How do you teach listening? How do you teach them to listen? Um, and Teachers. Yes. Yeah. How do you, how do you teach, how do you teach the kids to listen, right? And the, the answer was, well, are you listening? Are you listening as the teacher? Because it's very hard for them to listen and to learn to listen, right? If you're not listening to them, their thoughts, their ideas, and it's a two-way street, really. Um, and that, you know, you need to learn to listen. You need to put down your cell phone as parents and teachers, right? You need to um, not be thinking of what you want to say all the time, but hearing hearing what they're saying and incorporating it into um, what you're doing. So, very important, listening. So, so therefore... If you want to be that beloved teacher that my granddaughter talked about, it must be someone who the kids know and that they will be listened to and they can go up to and talk to. And that, that is already a big step towards changing to a play philosophy, to a philosophy where kids really come with these ideas. Oh, I have a great idea. I'm look, going to look around the room now and find things to actually uh, build my idea. So you know, this this is this is the beginning. But I, what I wanted to tell you is, I found a book I wrote uh, probably in 1975 for Heinemann, and it's red, just like our oh, kitchen nice. table. <laughs> It's the only red book the theme. cover. <laughs> it's only the red, only red book cover um, that uh, I remember. <laughs> but um, and I, I looked through uh, some of the uh, uh, writing uh, in this in this uh, um, book, and so I like to share some of the uh, some of my uh, finds um, and. It implores teachers to really think about an art room as a place that um, uh, 
um, supports imaginative playing. And um, you can use any examples, but frequently we do some rather silly things of imagination. Uh, like it's raining in the classroom, there must be a leak in the roof, or is there, is, there's rain coming down in the classroom. And, and kids follow up on this very, on these clues for imagination very, uh, um, uh, in a very exciting way. And, you know, let, let's get our umbrellas, you know. Uh, uh, let's let's, let's, let's uh, see if we can, we can avoid the rain inside by making places to hide. And so, it, you know, they, they, one of the things is in imaginative playing is to really start with something that is provocative and then the kids will respond and carry it, okay? And, and, and I remember that particular lesson was full of umbrellas, and it happened to be done on a, on a rainy day, which helps. Yes. So the kids had a lot of umbrellas with them. <laughs> and, um, and the way they played with those umbrellas and converted the umbrellas and used the umbrellas as um, parachutes and shelters and... and uh, uh, places to hide from the rain, you know, brought on all these many imaginative play ideas. Yeah. And going with their ideas in that sense. I was uh, observing a lesson um, a while ago where there was a snow day and the teacher completely abandoned her lesson that she was doing that day, right? And um, all of a sudden, was, you know, the windows, were actual windows in the art class. Um, and But, you know, the kids were so excited, they ran to the windows right away to see the snow, of course. You know, nothing more exciting than snow coming down in the middle of the day. And right away, she kind of changed everything she was doing to um, make it about the snow day, right? And I think that was really important to understand that that was the excitement of the moment and her, you know, quote-unquote lesson was not as important as what was happening and that's what they wanted to focus on. Now, to evoke this imaginative play state, we need to um, provide some props, not a Broadway stage set, but some props. Yes. So just crumpling up white paper and making piles of snowballs. And then you have all these wonderful snowballs, not necessarily to throw at each other, but it, all kinds of possibilities when you have this, this possible, very simple props, mm -hmm. you know, the squishing of the snowball or something in your hand that feels like you're connecting with the outside in the winter. Yeah, and those snowballs can be used less, like even as prints, right? The the different creases in the snowballs. There's so many wonderful things it's, you can do with, and there's such excitement of being able to, crump, you know, being allowed to crumple up the paper like that. Yes, um, and it's a great amorphous building material. It's a it's not the kind of the opposite of the wooden play block. Yes, you know, it's completely malleable, and. Um, Anyway, so the imaginative play track or the imaginative play is, is something to, to always consider. What kind of imaginative play can, can we do in the class? The uh, other idea that I remember in the 70s book espousing is this uh, collaborative playing. Um, which allows students to explore and develop ideas, make things. Um, but in a collaborative way, working together, obviously, is, is, is 
how children play. So play is not quite like art in it being an alone, an individual act. For kids, it's, it's very often um, playing with their friends, playing with their siblings. So imaginative playing, and um, for example, uh, uh, we have lots of these long uh, yardsticks in class, and uh, the kids love to connect it, and they come up with great ideas. They're highways, they're bridges from table to table, and they're connecting it from one another. Or just tearing large sheets of paper and make believe they're on a deserted island, and then there are other islands. But how do we get to that other island? How do we cross the sea? How do we cross the waters to, to your island? Mm -hmm. So they play together in this imaginative way, um, uh, which I, I think also uh, leads to many original uh, ideas from them. Um, the exploratory playing is something that uh, we do quite often, and it's exploring really objects and also places and spaces to, to find possibilities. Um, we, we frequently hide under things, and this is, this is something I remember taking you as a child to a clothing store. And you used to hide from me by going inside the clothing racks. Yes. You know? <laughs> uh, but, but we can go under the table and you have this crumpled paper that you can uh, uh, see the kids uh, playing with. And when you ask what it, well, it's a cave and we're, we're hiding in this cave. And um, you can go back to Lascaux and the original caves, you know, and the chalk drawings on it. But it's a dark space in which um, this um, collaboration can take place. It's like creating clubhouses, for example, mm -hmm. uh, under the table. Well, when you have a clubhouse, you, have, you are playing with your friends. Um, so um, this, this collaborative effort... And it can take place under the table, can take place in any part of the room where the kids can play together. Um, the other one is this fantasy playing, which uh, players take on roles, not uh, roles that occur in real life, but these are totally imaginary roles. And uh, that, that we can live in an imaginary world in school. I mean, that's very unusual. Because usually the school brings us reality. And while we came from home and imaginary worlds we created at home, and that now we are in school where it's the real world, you know. And it's, it's, it's um, for grades, for pay, for assignments. Um, but the, uh, the fantasy playing must continue. Um, when you when you get into school, so um, living in uh, living among dinosaurs, kids love to play with dinosaurs. But you know, living uh, in between dinosaurs, so with dinosaurs, and uh, we've made very exciting dinosaurs just by putting and stuffing um, all kinds of leaf bags and and um, plastic bags together to make these uh, scary dinosaurs tying them up in different ways, you know, and adding details to them. But, you know, that, that type of um, imaginary uh, time machines was also something that kids love to invent. 
and they invent it with school furniture, you know, using chairs, using uh, um, things that, uh, curtains that hang, shower curtains, I have plenty of shower curtains in the room. So, so they go through this space into a new time and a new fantasy. So if I were to start to do some of these things yes. in my classroom and I wanted to, I'm not a teacher who necessarily incorporates a lot of these things, but I want to start doing, I want to start incorporating some of this into my classroom. What are some of the things you would say I should do to kind of get started? What's a good way to Tickle start the impossible. Tickle the impossible. In other words, when you do body tracings, most body tracings are done in elementary schools. But they're simply one student lies down, the other traces them, and then they color it in, right? But the, the body tracing can be an invisible person. It can be a body tracing in a magic mirror where you ask yourself, who is the most beautiful of them all? And you, you, go, beyond, you go beyond the reality with the kids. Uh, with, with your, you know, have you had breakfast? Uh, have you had lunch? Oh, did you have uh, chocolate uh, soup for lunch? How was the chocolate soup? Uh, do you know what I mean? You, 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 you lead them into, very subtly and playfully and, and in a fun way, into a, into a fantasy world. So part of this is the discussion. Part of this is the conversation you're having with kids. At the beginning, we talked about listening to kids. But not just listening to kids, actually being able to go there with the kids in terms of their imagination, actually be able to take it on that road to their, uh, to whatever they're thinking and to, to start to develop it. Um, and once you kind of have those imaginary conversations with kids and, you know, going into these, these fantasy spaces, it can, it can develop that a little bit more. So being open to, uh, being yeah. open to that is very important. Yes. So being silly, saying silly things like chocolate soup and um, doing silly things mm-hmm. uh, will um, say to the kids that this place is an imaginative place. Here we can do things, we can suggest things, say things, create things, um, with the ba- boundless of, of, of the reality of life in school or at home or in any place else. This is that unique, charming place mm-hmm. where we can do some really fun things. I think part of that, you know, to start off would be actually starting telling some silly stories or adding some silly things yourself. Um, some imaginative things yourself, you know, as part of your beginning of class or even within the class. Uh, but to, to let them know it's okay, right? It's a signal that you're willing to uh, be the type of person that will go there with them. And I think that that's really important. So, you know, adding things like the chocolate soup, right, you know, allows for them to be like, oh, you know, she, you know, he or she is kind of okay with having these fantasy moments. And then I can, I can do that too. Um, I can talk about other types of, uh, you know, crazy things that I would eat or whatever that would add to this discussion. Try coming in with a wizard's wa- uh, hat. Yes. Come in with a, a, wand, a wizard's wand. Mm-hmm. Uh, learn some magic words. Uh, these are all things that invite and are a ticket to the fantasy world that you're trying to create. And yeah. yes, you need somebody who will 
open the door, open the key. Maybe have some funny keys, some really big keys that open the space to some wild, very exciting, maybe scary spaces. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm seeing um, on some of the Facebook sites, teachers more and more willing to dress up and, you know, add add costumes to their um, to their teaching, which I think is really important. But I'm wondering, and I don't know the answer to this, how many are going that next step and really um, through whatever they're wearing, right, inviting um, the stories and the dialogue in, which I think is so important. So it's wonderful to see the, the dress-up play on, on ourselves, but, you know, how far are we kind of taking that, um, that excitement, I wonder. It doesn't go very far if it's us, but you have to remember in school there is storybook day, there is hat day. Yes. There are all these Everything. special days where <laughs> everybody does pretty much the same thing. They mm-hmm. wear a hat, they wear a storybook character. But this needs to be a regular part of an art class, which the kids catch on to and love to do anyway. When you know, it's a, when they go to school on, on hat day, they're very excited. Yes. Now, they need to be, every time they come into an art class, feel free to wear a special tie, to wear a, a special cape. Um, so if, if it picks up with the children and they carry it, then it works very well. Mm-hmm. If it's only the teacher who's the performer, then it's the same thing that only the teacher is, the, uh, is in, in, in charge of the, of the creative goings-on in class. So you're only dressing up as long as long as you need to, and the kids start taking over, and every uh, session is Halloween. Um, then, it, I mean, it doesn't have to be that elaborate. It can be a funny glove, you know, that helps you to grow magic plants. Um, but when the kids take over with these things and explain to you they're going to do surgery and they're wearing gloves and a mask. And they're actually drawing the inside of a body tracing. Mm-hmm. Um, then this fantasy is the kids. You know, they 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 own it. Yes. Yeah, I think it is wonderful though when the teachers are doing it, and I also think it's wonderful if they're incorporating it into their, you know, what they're, what they're doing. But I think there is that next step of okay, so now you know, how can the kids also take ownership of that? Yes. So it does. Exactly. It does by dressing up. I feel like it does kind of break down some walls, which I think are important. Um, but there's other steps after that, that that we can take for sure. Then it's not silly. If you, it's it's the it's the acceptance and the excitement that you show the kids uh, when they come up with something as simple as a, um, a, a swim mask. You know, why are you wearing a swim mask? But the story that accompanies that with the children. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're going underwater today. And <laughs> we're going into space. Yeah, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So accepting these things as, as not once-in-a-year events or, or a, a typical school hat hat day, mm-hmm. but this is normal life in an art class. And how much exciting. Can you just imagine how much more exciting each art class can be um, with with this type of, of, of um, um, preparation of saying funny things, being allowed to dress up in interesting ways, mm-hmm. um, going under the table, 
you know, finding your clubhouse, finding your your um, Shangri-La, yeah. your cave. Well, I think it's the other important thing you said in this, which I think you know teachers need to to know is it's not about putting on a, a Broadway show, right? It's not about a huge performance. Sometimes one you know magic wand can do the trick. So I think that. Um, you know, understanding that the, the students will go there with you with, with very simple props. Exactly. Um, so I, th- I think that's important. This is not a, a million-dollar venture into, <laughs> into the movies. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not about that. It's not about the teacher's clever uh, costume. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's about what the kids will do to react to it yes and and the action the next even the next class and the following classes where they can come in with crowns and 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 scepters and 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 magic wands yeah the other um aspect um in in this changeover process is uh dramatic plays and um it's the the ability to to see that art for children is is very is physical it's a performance and art is a performance but they actually get into the performance they love the performance aspect of it mm-hmm. they love dressing their dolls they love imagine to to dress up their uh, their pets um they 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 love uh performing royal weddings and um, um, at home I remember our children playing with my chess set and having a royal wedding so it's 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 this um, well um, in the classroom to start simply with that I think would be nice I mean I often hear students um, animating their art kind of under their breath right or telling a story as they're doing it like interacting with it in different ways, especially younger children. So to allow for that, I think is important. Make a celebration of it. Really, you know, you know, have them um, do some of these these plays with their with some of the things that they're making. Um, you know, in front of the class, even if they want. I think that's important. So allowing for these um, some of the things that are already kind of naturally happening. Um, you know, they want to wear it. That's a big thing. Whatever you know, they love to punch holes in something and wear it, um, and they also love to kind of animate it. They love to cut out things. Cut out things. And, and, yes, absolutely. But what I'm uh, suggesting is something very simple: is think always in terms of providing audiences. Be an audience. Sit on the floor and watch the performance. Have a the group at the table, uh, not sit at the table, but sit as an audience. Go to another class and perform it for them. So it's it's that it's it needs to have tickets handed out. It needs to have popcorn. It needs to have an audience. Yeah. So provide yourself and and uh, create situations where the performance, whether it's a fashion show or uh, a circus, that it has a great audience, an appreciative audience. Mm-hmm. And you be, of course, one of the most appreciative part of that audience. Absolutely. Well, thank you. This was great, and I think we could even do a part two at some point because there's a lot, to be, um, a lot to be discussed here. But just to you know, think about listening, the importance of listening, supporting students' imagination, right? Um, different types of 
of play we talked about, whether imaginative play, collaborative play, exploratory play, fantasy play, dramatic play, and how we can bring all of those um, into the classroom and really be a good um, person to discuss art with, right, to discuss these ideas with and dreams with and the um, importance of, of being a good audience. So um, thank you. These are all wonderful ideas for us to think about and bring into our um, art classes, and I hope uh, you have a wonderful week and make some wonderful fantasies and great art with your students. Have a good play week.